My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me as podcast producer is David Bax. Hello, David. Hello. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. Welcome back. Thank you for having me, Bax. Bax. Thanks for and, and you also. I'm not sure. 11 a.m. isn't early on a weekday for me, uh-huh. but it's earlier than we usually record on a weekend, yes. so that's why I was rushing in at the last minute. I'm so sorry. Trying we, to shake the hangover. I've got a 1 o'clock writing group coming in, and I've got a 4 o'clock writing group, and so we had to get going I, early. Sorry. Just, yeah. just just letting the listeners know where my headspace is. Okay. Which is a, a little hungover. Well, you, look, <laughs> you look amazing. You look <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. So you're a little hungover, too. Why are uh-huh. you a little hungover? Because it's, it's last night was Friday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> says, says, says the young single guy. Oh, because you know last night was Friday. Because you go out, right? That's what you do. I have no idea of the reality, David Bax. We also have two other hungover people with us. Isn't this, this is great? This True. is cool. Yeah. And it is Dan Avedon and Brian Wecht. Hello, Brian and Dan. Hi. Hey, how's it going? So why are you hungover this morning? Oh, Brian, you want to take this one? Sure. Well, uh, we did a marathon karaoke session last night at Round One in the Puente Hills Mall. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was. Uh, you guys lived the dream. You really did. It's true. Yeah. Karaoke. Uh, there were almost four people there. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. It was. What, it was intense. What's What's your like? You guys are both musicians, clearly, mm-hmm. and singers, sort well, of. Well, he's the singer. You're the singer, right? Yeah, but Brian has a lot of heart. <laughs> I really, I really want it to work. <laughs> so, so. Uh, so, singer, singer Dan, yeah. uh, what is your killer song in karaoke? Oh my God, "Pour Some Sugar on Me" by Def Leppard. Ah, oh. pretty much anything from 1982 to 1991. Wait, no, wait, that's yeah. a really small window, yeah. actually. Anything of the Def Leppard, Poison, Warrant catalog. Yeah. You're, you're in. You're yeah, good. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling really? the hair metal. Okay, he, and he busted out "Pour Some Sugar" last night, and it was. It was something else. I don't want to toot my own horn. It was the greatest uh, musical <laughs> performance of all time. All time. Of in, in any yeah, medium. The, the people who are watching through the glass, even those guys have their minds just yeah, exploding. exploding. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Brian? What's your... What's uh, your... Since I'm not much of a singer at all, I tend to gravitate towards the uh, rap or spoken word selection. Ah. So <laughs> my go-to is Convoy by C.W. McCall. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the, I, I, I started with that last night and then... Uh, you, when, you know what? From there. What I do for the same reason uh, is "Personal Jesus" by Depeche mm, Mode. Great oh, choice. You call. can pretty much talk. It. Other, I mean, a "Killing in the Name of" I think mm. is another good choice for yeah. that. Uh, several rap selections, especially '80s rap, so mm-hmm. uh, you can sound a little bit whiter, and it's not as much of a problem. Yeah, white guys in their 30s really hit that Rage Against the Machine demographic. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I think you're kidding, but it's true. <laughs> let's let's explain why you you. You are such musical geniuses here because, um, actually, uh, you have a musical comedy, so to speak, and it's literally a musical comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, on 
the internets called Ninja Sex Party. And uh, in that, guys, you are uh, actually Danny Sexbang and Ninja Brian, right? Do you want me to call you Danny Sexbang and Ninja Brian? I mean, it does happen that people will approach us like that, and that's fine. Okay. It's a good reputation. I, I, these days I introduce myself as Ninja Brian more often than, than not. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you didn't come in costume because that would have been confusing. Well, my character is totally silent. So uh, it would have true. been a problem for, right. the, yeah, for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'd have to explain what you're doing right. all the time. He's just staring at me. It's, <laughs> it's getting creepy. <laughs> Now it is creepy. <laughs> so your videos have been featured on the front pages of Funny or Die, College Humor, and Daily Motion. You've performed at many ven- venues throughout New York, um, including the UCB, which, you know, we've got a lot of UCB people from L.A. Yeah, sure, who are yeah. here. Um, the Time Out New York Lounge and a monthly slot at the People's Improv Theater in Manhattan. Um, additionally, you've been a featured act in the Toronto Sketch Comedy Festival and Geek Week 2010 and 2011 at Improv Boston. Here at On the Page, every week is Geek Week. <laughs> um, and uh, Brian, you do the piano, right? I do the piano. And yeah. Dan, you do the vocals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you formed Ninja Sex Party in 2009. And um, then you began uh, sort of acquiring this large and loyal following on YouTube. Um, and you got Best Comedy Video at Industry Power Place International Music Video Competition. The Trophy of Awesomeness yeah. on that was, Vimeo. That was an that, that the Trophy of Awesomeness. Yeah, you have to be awesome to win. Best Comedy Video Short, Best Comedy Song, you've been in the, the Huffington Post. I mean, this is this is Ninja Sex Party is a successful web series. I didn't well, feel like it was you. until yeah. you read that. Yeah, yeah that's really... right. Wow, yeah. Huh. Huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's nice to hear us describe that way <laughs> where we would never describe ourselves as successful. <laughs> when, when you first started it, what were your what were your goals when you when you decided to like just let's just put a camera on us? I mean, sure. goals? Yeah. <laughs> we we were just getting together to jam initially. Okay. Like this dude, uh, Danny uh, wrote, just wrote me an email kind of out of the blue saying, hey, I have this idea for a band. It's called Ninja Sex Party. Uh, I heard you play the piano. We had never met in person. And do you want to come over and just rock out some stuff? Yeah, there's a, there's a video we have called The Decision where we're kind of uh, helping a girl decide which one of us uh, she wants to have sex with. I was listening to that in the car on the yeah, way here. Yeah. Yes, It's a love song. And uh, <laughs> the girl in that video, uh, Julie Katz, uh, she was a mutual friend of ours. And um, I asked her uh, if she knew anybody who would be willing to dress up like a ninja, play piano, and occasionally murder people on stage. And she was like, I know just the guy. Wow. Because I had been, I'd been coaching uh, musical improv uh, stuff in New York uh, as an accompanist and a, and a coach. And Julie was in one of the the groups that I was I was coaching, and that's how I mean we we had seen each other I think maybe twice at this point me and Julie before yeah. she put us in touch. Yeah, but it was a one person audition. You know, Brian and I met and we hit it off right away. I showed up. Yeah. I had a crazy beard. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. That's when I had that beard. That, and I was living in an apartment in Bushwick with uh, fourteen oh, roommates. Fourteen. It was grimy. It was horrible. <laughs> I, fourteen. Did yeah. you go, come over the border illegally? Well, <laughs> what, what, it was. It happened like sequentially. Like um, a bunch of my musician friends moved up from Philadelphia. And there were like seven of them, and then. Uh, sort of like four or five of us got live-in girlfriends Mm -hmm. and that brought the tally to like 12. And that was cool because then like once there were women living there, then like plants and animals could survive there and there was like sunlight. It was, it was a good, 
This is cool. Yeah, it was. It was better. It was he's better. Make, yeah, he, well, he's making it sound perhaps more glamorous than it is. The plants and animals surviving. <laughs> I don't know. I'm scared about everything. But it was. Uh, it was the kind of place where I went. I went to to visit him, and then I went back to describe it to my wife, and she was like, "No, no, I don't. I don't want you going there anymore." <laughs> he's a bad. It influence. sounds horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last two roommates actually like they just kind of stayed after a party. Oh really? It, it was. It was that type of place. It was a very like. It was a cool like artist community kind of thing. I mean. Now that I'm a couple years removed from that, I wouldn't go back to it. But at the time, it it was pretty cool. See now, like when you become like older and married, like me, the people who just stay after a party are like your in laws. Like those yeah. are the people you can't get rid of. Like, oh, they're still here. They're not like the cool oh, roommates. It's right. like, how do we tell them to go? Totally. We're eating all the food. I got to <laughs> yeah. replace the wine. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So so, how many? videos did you guys create together before you started realizing there's a there's wow we're being followed around we have we have fans i think it was really our second video the decision that that danny was just talking about where we actually got some you know uh at first we were like oh my god can you believe we might get 10,000 views on one of these videos mm -hmm. and then the decision actually through uh, Donald Glover you know on on community Danny had met him you met him at UCB right yeah I was working as an intern at UCB in New York and Donald Glover was there um, a few times as a performer and he was just a super nice guy and um, I sent him the video uh, as soon as we did it and he put it on his blog and even at that time before, you know, community, he still had like a large reach among people. And that was kind of our first insight into yeah. how things go viral and, and how quickly like, you know, it can, the view count can get to this abstract number that you can't even yeah. fathom, you know, like it, so, it was really cool. And that was, that was the first time that we got a, a really big spike in the views of any of our videos. And it was the second one we had done. And then we realized, oh, people are actually, looks like people are paying attention to this. Mm -hmm. So what happens when you, you're, you know, you've, you've done this and you have a following and what happens next? Ha were you contacted by anybody in the industry or did what did that become more of a calling card for you to be able to reach out if you wanted to? Yeah, I think I think it was a good lesson in that if you want if you want to get representation and you want to get noticed by people, the, the best thing to do is just do what you do and concentrate on the artistic side of it as as much as you can. Um, because our, our manager contacted us after seeing a video. Let, let's say his name. Oh, Mark sorry. Wheeler. Mark the Wheeler. Wheeler. The amazing Mark Wheeler. So was, great. Uh, was the episode best. number 254, I believe. Yes, just two episodes ago. Oh, Mark Wheeler. Yes, Mark. We absolutely. love Mark. We've been working with Mark for almost two years now, right? Yeah, more? a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's just the best. We he is him. very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So he found you because he, he was found us. Yeah, he was you know like trolling around in the net, right? Yeah, like, yeah. So, and was actually not looking at porn and actually found you guys yeah, yeah. instead, Amazingly. which uh, is only like yeah, yeah, this far away from porn. Right? <laughs> That's true. So, <laughs> so he probably thought it's not it was that much porn. of a leap when he clicked on it. <laughs> yeah, many people do. And what you know, without giving anything away, uh, he, he sees this. He's a he's a Hollywood manager. He represents TV writers and screenwriters. What does he want to get you guys into? You know, does he want to create a sketch show on Comedy Central? Does he want to create a sitcom out of you guys? Does he is he asking you to write feature specs? Uh, I mean, our 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 goal is to get a show on Adult Swim. Cool. And that, uh, I mean, one of one of many. But with, with Ninja Sex Party specifically, we think, uh, you know, and in talking with Mark, this is part of what we'd like to do, is get, a, like, an Adult Swim-style live-action 
uh, probably show. And uh, that, that's that's the, the main thing. Definitely. But, I mean, all the things you mentioned, he's, yeah. he's uh, recommended that we do and kind of guided us along. Yeah. Um, he just knows it's, an, it's a numbers game. You know, the, the more projects you're working on, the better chance you have of one of them, you know, connecting somewhere. Now, you also have um, an animated show, right? Yeah. We, uh, uh, <laughs> we, we, this just started. This is uh, DJs and PJs. DJs and PJs, and it's on Mondo Media. Yes. And, Dan, you you also host Mondo Media, or you're a host on Mondo yeah, Media? Yeah, Mondo is this really cool, um, like, Internet uh, company uh, that releases uh, cartoon videos. Um, they have an enormous reach. Uh, we were kind of amazed. Um, they do things like Happy Tree Friends and Dick Figures. Those are some of their most popular ones. And <laughs> I mean, when you say it, it just sounds so nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, and dick figures. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's a great show. And um, so I was, uh, they approached us. That was another thing that just came from doing yeah. the videos. They, they saw them, and uh, they approached us about the idea of doing a cartoon web series. And then while we were negotiating with them, they were talking to me, and they were like, you know, you kind of have the exact, doofy look and personality that we'd like for like a spokesperson so that kind of became its own thing so just one thing leads to another yeah i saw some of that too you you are a good host yeah, he's, he's the best yeah <laughs> so funny You're... stop i can't because <laughs> it's true <laughs> and um so so this is all animated this show but it still uses your your musical Mm-hmm. stuff in it. Mm-hmm. So how has that experience been for you? I mean, to not be the person who's creating the live action material, to have to sort of translate it to an animator, what, what's that been like? It's a challenge. It's, yeah, that, that that is certainly true, because we you know, didn't have, I think, any specific image in our heads. Right. And as soon as someone puts something in front of you, suddenly, you know, with a character design or a design of an episode or something like that, it, it really makes you confront this vision that some other person has, which is not yours. And since everything we've done has been pretty much just us up until that point, all the Ninja Sex Party stuff is exactly what we want without guidance from anybody else. It's been a challenge trying to wrangle other people, and wrangle is the wrong word, but trying to collaborate with other people uh, to, to get something that we're, we're both super psyched about. Definitely. And I mean, with the music videos, you write out a treatment, but... Um your mind can kind of fill in the gaps you know like as you're writing the actions that are going to go along with each lyrical line you can picture it in your head but when uh you're going with a completely separate animation company you know it's it's their vision um so there's a a lot of communication has to happen and a lot of kinks need to get worked out but you know it's just our first cartoon so i'm sure the the process kind of like smooths out and that that was the real learning experience is just having to write down every single thing you want you know every single image every single visual joke stuff like that that you want to make sure gets in there and convey it in a way that's not like and read my mind Mm -hmm. yeah and also have it so that the script doesn't look like these dense blocks of text which are just unreadable yeah right? yeah you don't you also don't want to come off like a diva like this is exactly how this should be <laughs> you know so kind of give the animator a little room to play so you're going to suggest the visual in terms of you know what what's sort of the the point of it yeah, right totally. and then let that that artist interpret that point yeah um did, did you pick your animator or was that given to you by mondo mm. yeah that was that was selected by mondo um and uh 
they, uh, you know, there's a lot of things involved with it. It's because also Mondo has influence over um, the episodes themselves, you know. So it's uh, a lot of new, um, I don't want to say cooks in the kitchen because that has a, like a negative connotation. But like it, it's, it's different than working on your own. You know, you really have to just sort of be at peace with the idea that um, you can't fight too much for, for what you want because uh, it's not going to matter in the end, you know. Um, only by working constructively with other people will the end product be, you know, something yeah. that people want to watch. And Mondo works with a, a, a large number of different animation studios. So when we first, you know, when when we pitched them this thing, basically it was just understood that we would just do the, the writing and then they would find the animator on, on their own. They actually went through, you know, a, a long process trying to find a studio that would do it the way they wanted it for the price they wanted. So, that so, was, the whole thing. so in, was this the first time that that uh, the internet and money came together for you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> even if it, even even yes. it wasn't like it's not TV money, it's not it's not feature money, but well, to actually I mean, have it monetized must be really like woo. The internet and money uh, have have always been a part of us. Only we've been paying for the music videos, mm-hmm. but this is the first time we actually got paid <laughs> to do something. So normally it's been deeply in the negative, right? But uh, this is the first time we actually uh, got paid for. Yeah, something. I got an iPhone. It was oh, awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, right? Thanks. Yay. I, uh, I feel like a better person. Tell everybody about your laptop. <laughs> oh, I got a laptop. You got what? a laptop. I know. Look at this guy. Oh, I've, wow. been, I've been telling Brian, like, my last personal computer was my Commodore 64 in 1997. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, this is a big moment in my life. Oh, yeah. I'm so proud of Thanks. you. Thanks, Pilar. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you ever see, see you guys doing something that doesn't involve music? Yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it, it's it's something we love doing, and it's something that sets us apart, you know, um, from a lot of other people. But it's also very time consuming, and um, you have to be, you know, just because we were musicians before we were comedy writers, you know. So, I guess speaking for myself, like, I tend to be a little bit more precious about music. And, um, as opposed to comedy writing where it just kind of flows naturally and then it's like, okay, now out into the world. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing with music also is that to, uh, to, to get the music done, you know, we, we, because we're musicians also, it's very important to us that the music be good and sound good. So when we record stuff, we're not just going to throw together kind of a crappy half-assed recording. We're going to do it in the studio. We're going to get it mixed. We're going to get it mastered. We're going to make sure it sounds great. Right. So having that extra step in, in everything we do musically, even the Ninja Sex Party stuff, we don't put out a track unless it's been through through all of that. Uh, that's a very time-consuming and, uh, and drawn-out process so yeah. not having that is in it's I mean, to us it's kind of liberating yeah, yeah. totally I've, have you have you i'm gonna make sure you get a little closer to the mic okay um sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um uh have you gotten more relaxed with your actual script writing and your storytelling as you've gone through this process i mean did you start off mainly as like Okay, we are musical guys who are funny, and then it's become like, oh, I, you know, I, we tell stories now, uh, or was script writing always something you guys felt you had? I think for? we've we've gotten more of a feel for what should be in a script. I don't know if actually I, w- I wouldn't say we're more relaxed about it. In fact, in some ways, I'd say we're less relaxed about the actual uh, script writing because now we, you know, we want more stuff in in the music videos. You want right? more story in there? Yeah, a mm-hmm. little bit uh, yeah, a little bit more story. It's not uh, relaxed at all. Yeah. <laughs> Our right. friendship has crumbled. Right. It's, it's horrible. 
<laughs> we could barely get together here. Well, let's go back to the music for just a second because I think this is the first time we've had people on who who deal so effortlessly with this mixture of, of uh, music to script, to script to, to music. You were teaching this, Brian, before all this got started, right? Mm-hmm. You were teaching, you said musical improv? Mm-hmm. So tell people out there who are script writers why it might be kind of cool to learn about musical improv or what it means or, you know, yeah. hit us. Well, so uh, first of all, let me just say what musical improv is in case people yeah. don't know. Uh, musical improv is, it's actually, uh, it's pretty popular, especially in, in New York and I think Chicago. I don't know what the scene is out here in LA, although I'm sure there are amazing groups that, that are doing it. And basically what it is, it's an improvised musical. So there's a bunch of spoken stuff, and then at some point, music starts, and the characters on stage break into song. Wow. And what I love about musical improv is that the uh, the question you always have to ask in musical improv is, should I be singing? And if I am singing, why the hell am I singing? So if you break out into song, the reason that should happen is because the, the, the action on stage has gotten to such a dramatic point or such an uh, emotional climax that you, know, you sort of can't help but bust out into song. And so if you're doing improv with an eye towards musical improv, I think what it does is it sort of it, it makes you laser focus on what is important about the action on stage, where are we going with this, and emotionally, how am I going to build this to a point that I actually need to break out into a song. So it's not this gratuitous la-la-lying, it's, it's at this point where emotionally that's the only way to... to to convey that emotion. Yeah, and, and of course not every song is like that. Some songs are just kind of, hey, this is going to be funny. Let's do this as a mm-hmm. joke. But the best songs in musical improv are always the ones that come as a, a focus of or a climax of, of the of the action on stage. So that's what I really like from a from a dramatic perspective about musical improv is it, it makes you really concentrate on that aspect of a scene in a way that maybe you wouldn't be quite as aware of in uh, in, in non-musical improv. Yeah, and I mean, that kind of connects everything, you know, like n- whether you're writing a song or writing a script or, or, or any kind of comedy or any scene, you're, you're, always, uh, you're always trying to enrich it and find the greatest points of any story and, and cut away everything else, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I took a, a storytelling class in uh, UCB New York is it okay if I do a, like a shout out? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I think she she teaches it in, she's here in now. LA now. Yeah. yeah. She's... Uh, Margot Lightman mm-hmm. uh, teaches um, a storytelling class, which is an elective at Upright Citizens Brigade, and that um, that was the most helpful to me of any class I've ever taken, because even in your normal life, you know, like uh, learning that skill of figuring out what is actually meaningful to the person you're talking to in any story, you know, not just meaningful to yourself, um, and just boiling your story down to what will connect with them uh, is a helpful thing just for your life. You know, like even when I'm talking to just people in general, I notice their eyes glaze over a lot less now, you know, like, (laughs) and they're just, they're less of those moments where I'm like, I think I am just talking to hear myself talk you well, know it's you it's, also stopped using drugs i also i also stopped that, smoking that might pot. Have so let's, let's say smoking yeah. pot instead of using let's drugs. say using drugs it makes, come on man so that would be your eyes glazing over yeah exactly <laughs> exactly dan actually the storytelling thing danny recommended it to me and then i took this class yeah. i love storytelling so much that I've, I've kept up with the the storytelling so Very in fact cool. uh, i started this science theme storytelling show called the story collider with another guy in new york and i've kept this like 
storytelling thing going. And I completely agree that it, it has really helped sort of focus, uh, helped me uh, understand how to, how to tell a good story. Uh, all thanks to Margot Lightman again. I'm yeah, so glad she's you, awesome. you guys are talking about this too because because often when people poo-poo any kind of like, okay, so the musical theater geek in me is coming out, you know, and I've had so many fights over the years with people thinking that's fluff where I'm saying, no, yeah. it is intense. Good musical yeah. theater has brought you to such an intense point that you have to go into a different vocal totally. styling to get to get all that emotion out. So it's kind of cool hearing that even from comedy people because yeah. you're saying the same thing, right? right yeah. And it's such a, a, a cool way to sort of switch how you communicate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, all I was going to say was everything you do creatively uh, enhances everything else. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're painting, it'll make you a better singer because you're still expressing yourself and you're sti still figuring out what your quote-unquote voice is, even though, you know, you're working with your hands instead of uh, your voice. Like, it... it it will always be a good thing, and there's no, there's nothing that's wasted when when you're being creative. Yeah. Now, I, Brian, yeah. you did mention that you, you're, it's it's science and music that you've that you've mixed together. Science and storytelling. Science and storytelling. Not so much music. Yeah. And uh, you are a theoretical physicist yes. in real life. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. in real life? You are paid to be a theoretical physicist. Yeah, that's a true statement. Okay, so what I want to ask is, um, what's a theoretical physicist? <laughs> a okay, so a theoretical so physics is the study of the universe uh, and the world, and a theoretical physicist like me is somebody who either predicts new phenomena that <laughs> haven't happened yet, or tries to explain using mathematical models uh, stuff that some other people found in a lab. So what I do specific, I'm a theoretical particle physicist. So my main research is in something called string theory. Oh and yeah. Also supersymmetry and other kinds of uh, new aspects of, of particle physics. What? So that's my research jam. Might be the smartest person we've had on the show. Might be. <laughs> I'm offended. I, well, okay, yes. <laughs> Second to you, David Bax. <laughs> yeah. By the way, okay, and more randomness here. Um, David Bax and Brian showed up with the exact same T-shirt on, the exact without same coordinating. And speaking of well, plugs, no, we different, different like copies of the same. T right, yeah, but we're not right. sharing a well, T-shirt. No, it's, and it's not even like one like, oh, did you just get that at Comic Con? I got that at Comic Con. It's so specific. It's for WFMU. Yep, the right? best radio station ever. <laughs> uh, and it's a it's a T-shirt you would have to have donated a little bit of money to their fundraising drive to get. So this isn't even a T-shirt like we bought. You know, online at the same cool store. Right. This is because we both supported the same amazing radio it's station. It's so weird. So, <laughs> yeah. and David, who's always here, actually in a suit and tie, usually, honestly, uh -huh. Uh -huh. you know, yeah. wears a T-shirt. You wear the same thing. The guest wears the same thing. It's weird. Yeah. Never met. With, it's this kind of simpatico I've never had with anyone else before. It is. <laughs> yeah. Can you apply theoretical physics to this? It's literally impossible. To <laughs> yeah. It's it's weird too because uh, Pilar and I showed up in the same sundress. We did. That's <laughs> We did. I mean, it immediately changed though because that is just such a faux pas. We don't even really want to talk about it. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Let's get back to uh, to your career. You also have uh, an album uh, of uh, your YouTube hits entitled NSFW. That's, yes. That's out right now. Yeah. So, um, have you, you know, uh, for for people who are just thinking, well, you know what, I'm inspired by these guys, and I'm going to create. Uh, a video, and I hope it gets a lot of traction on YouTube. And I, I want to, I, I want to sort of follow their path. Any do's or don'ts 
for them oh, yeah. out there? Okay, give me yeah. a couple. I mean, do's definitely um, work with someone who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, our our videos are what they are because we chose a really good director named Jim Turner uh, from best. New York. He's awesome. The best. He does all the effects and editing and directing. And shooting. And I mean, he, he really does everything uh, for the videos that isn't writing them. Yeah, and um, and I mean that that prevented us from having to learn all the very important things with lighting and audio. I mean, if if people if people click on a video online and they, they it has terrible sound or just weird lighting, you can't understand they, it. Yeah, or they whatever. just won't watch it. You know, it, yeah. it, it, they'll be gone in ten seconds. So. Those are very basic things. You don't want your videos to be too long. Um, yeah, that's like th- our typical cutoff is three to three and a half minutes at the absolute longest. You know, things have been getting longer and longer. What do you think about that? Do you think that's a mistake, or do you think people are just getting used to watching stuff online? I, th- I think I, I think it's. Uh, I don't think it's a mistake. I mean, I think it's just people are getting more used to. Uh, you know, I think as we go on, as many people have said, we'll start consuming even long form content like TV, etc. Or you know, uh, specifically made for for websites which is already happening but for YouTube what you're channels. doing you're doing a video it's got a joke it's got it's yeah. got to be expressed that's and right. you need to leave it's not like that's right it's it's okay it's a, an episode it's a, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, a, yeah. yeah i mean that, that's our main thing for length is we just want it to be funny and nothing kills funny like overstaying your welcome mm. totally and and it's very important to hit things up top you know um uh, youtube has these really interesting um Analytics, that's the word, uh, where it shows a, a graph of audience interest as uh, your video goes on. Um, and uh, a lot of times you'll see like little dips and everything like that uh, in a moment where your video lulls. So you really have to, um, oh, and they determine that by the amount of times people are clicking off of the video. I was going to say, or, how do they know that yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. in your brain. Or if okay. they click back to watch something again, that'll register. Yeah. Um, so you really get to see like what jokes are hitting and everything like that. But if a video's uh, graph is skewing downward uh, right at the beginning, it'll just flatline. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. it's so important. Uh, just because there's so much out there that people can be watching on YouTube, uh, the, their options are tremendous. So yeah. if they sense that I could be watching something better, they'll they'll do it. I think we have an advantage though because we do we, everything we do is musical, or almost everything we do is musical. That the music will hook people sort of immediately. So one thing we we do uh, is we almost always start with the music kind of right away to get people into the video and then go on from there. Sometimes we'll do a very brief like you know five second intro or something like that. But almost always we want to hook people right away with a musical hook right. and then get them into the video. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Any other do's or don'ts that come to mind? Those are good. So we've got production, we've got timing, we've got hook them right away. Yeah, uh, I mean, if, you, if, you wanna, if you're just putting out a video and you don't know how to get it out there, uh, I would definitely say just start with your friends and family. Like, you know, the, and it was helpful for us because we were part of this comedy community. Um, who are used to passing around videos and everything like that of their friends. So when we first started, we just we just sent everyone a Facebook message like, hey, you know, this is a thing we're doing now. And, uh, you know, every time it appears on someone's page, all their friends are going to see it. So it, it's, it's a helpful way to get it out. And you can always count on the people um, you care about the most to, to help you out at the beginning. Yeah. And then then hopefully wider circles of strangers will 
pick up on it from there. The other thing I think that we learned is to, to know our audience after a while, because we definitely have, although we have a wide group of people that watch it, it, it you know, again, with these YouTube analytics that Danny was talking about, you could see sort of what demographics are, are really paying attention to it. And as we, you know, realize that what's our main deal, like 20 people in their late yeah, teens, early 20s, stuff 18 like that. to 24, generally. Yeah, the, that's a good yeah. demographic to have. Yeah, totally. The, the analytics also show mostly you know, men for us. Yeah, for, so for some reason, who knows, later sex party. <laughs> but yeah, it'll have a pie chart of men versus women, uh, what countries uh, your video is being watched in a lot. We're huge in Indonesia. Yeah, really? it's really weird. It's like if you so look bizarre. at the people that have uh, the countries that have subscribed to us most recently, it's US. Great Britain, Indonesia, Australia. That is really order. weird. At least yeah. in the last, I don't know, two months. I just checked this a couple. Maybe days you could ago. have like a cheap trick at Budokan moment. Oh my like god, yeah, that would be amazing, yeah. right? right. Yeah. Oh my god, he's yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They're uh, all dressed up like you. Yeah, <laughs> no, that would be great. Uh, so as, as we've done more stuff, you know, we realize uh, it's not just what jokes. Uh, this is kind of an obvious thing to say, but it's not just the jokes that we love. It's also the jokes we think are going to hit with. Uh, the the audience that's watching us, and we can get away with uh, a lot of stuff if we if we really really want to put it in, but we will definitely kill jokes because they're what what did you call something I wrote the other day too cerebral, too cerebral, yeah, You're too brainy, <laughs> <laughs> too multisyllable. Yeah, we don't well, want I none find of that, that hard to believe, yeah. Ryan. <laughs> I lo- occasionally on our on our Twitter uh, feed, we'll you know I'll, I'll write a particle physics joke or something like that. You can just see the followers fly away. <laughs> There's a parallelogram sex- section on your website. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's true. It just says... That's actually like, him. He wrote that. I'm not yeah. responsible for that. It's, it's like about and contact and here are the, the, the webisodes and stuff and then it's parallelograms. Yeah. And yeah. so I clicked on it and I was like, those are parallelograms. <laughs> Indeed they are. Indeed they are. <laughs> that's, yeah, we that's, checked each one. <laughs> that's just because we're Monty Python fans. And, like that random weirdness at the end always yeah. made us laugh. So People, Our demo loves parallelograms. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, they're hardcore trapezoid fans. Yeah. Any don'ts, like any mistakes that you feel either you made or we're glad you didn't make, you see other people make when Ooh. it comes to this kind of sort of way in? as far as YouTube or... One, one mistake that we continue to make on a daily basis is not releasing content on a, on a regular oh, yeah. enough schedule. Mm-hmm. So one thing that we, because we, uh, as Danny said, we hire a director and we you know, put some production value into the videos is uh, we don't release things that are kind of zero budget, you know, that don't look great. And as a result of that, we, we definitely have seen a sort of plateau in the people that are subscribing to us. So if you really want a successful YouTube channel, you have to do the opposite of what we're doing, which is to put out content you know, on a very, very regular basis. Whereas we release a video like once every two months or something like that. I hear you though. I mean, it, you know, okay, let's say that you do do it weekly or whatever mm-hmm. and it's you're turning out crap because you're not spending that kind of time. Right. Then you get, the, the other side, right? You're going to get a backlash, right. don't you think? The, the, the way a lot of people do it, um, there's actually this thing out there called the YouTube Playbook, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's a, a comprehensive, it's a good read, yeah. yeah, 100-page guide of how... It, you can download it, you can find it pretty much anywhere. Um, but it, it really it's really a how-to of how to be successful on YouTube, and the, the game plan that they recommend is to have... Um, is to put out, like, very regular content that's very low budget and simple 
where you're either speaking to the camera or just something you can churn out real quick and then have what they call tent pole events. So if, if our channel, using our channel as an example, a, a music video would be a, considered a tent pole event that what you put out every week builds towards and is constantly the only word I can think well, of. Well, it's a thing with pimping. Well, yeah, it's a th <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, the, you're like advertising pimping is a fine word. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I was, I was <laughs> thought I was on the fence, but yeah, like it, it's it's you basically are are constantly like moving in a mountain like formation to these little peaks, mm -hmm. and um, which are the things with production value, which are the things that you know take most of your time. Exactly. Yeah, and and then that's the way to you know be consistent, but also not let the level of uh, what you're doing be something that you're ashamed of. Yeah. But there I mean there are certainly plenty of YouTube channels which mm -hmm. are just awesome video blogs and it's just people talking to the camera and they have little production value but they're amazing for for what they are and that's it's just the choice of what you're what sure, you're putting out sure. there. Sure. I, I think what you know it's interesting you're using the same or YouTube is using the same language as the studios, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about tentpole movies. Those are the big expensive blockbusters that hold up a studio with money and underneath it are the smaller movies that tend to be, you know, hopefully more artistic or, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. more independent minded that are paid for by the tentpole yes. stuff. So it's it's right. not a bad model in anything to say, okay, I'm gonna make sure right. this big expensive thing goes out here, but we're gonna keep that communication going in between. Right. Um, the only difference with what we do is that our tentpole things don't pay for anything. <laughs> yeah. They're Eventually just, they it's will. It's a sweet <laughs> business model. Isn't YouTube, um, for people who do have tons of hits and stuff, aren't they, don't they have an option now? Like if you have, like they, they'll offer you like, okay, here's some commercial things that you yeah, can you, do. Yeah, you, you, you can monetize it. Uh, we're not quite at the level yet where we would actually make an, any money on that. We okay. have friends uh, that make a very good living yeah, doing, just, just doing that. Um, just with YouTube. The, our, our most popular video is called Dinosaur Laser Fight. Mm. And um, part of its popularity is owed to um, the animation that uh, a friend of ours did who goes by the name Ego Raptor. And he's an enormously popular Yeah, and, uh, and enormously creator. talented also. Yeah. I mean, the guy just rules. Incredible he's such dude. an amazing animator and voiceover guy. Yeah, and he was at karaoke last yesterday. Night, yeah. and, oh, man. Oh, he, he ripped he up. killed it. Uh, what was his jam? Oh, we, he suggested that we end with uh, Kiss, oh, from, Kiss a from a Rose. Just, that was, that was just a good choice. four guys a in a choice. room singing <laughs> Kiss from a Rose. Going for it. Just, oh, yeah, there were how, tears. That's how you do it. I'm sorry, I got off track. Well, no, I just really want to <laughs> so. know next time you go out karaoke, can I come along? Yeah. Can I? Totally. Yeah. All right. Totally. Hit me you with too, your man. best shot, uh, baby. You, you didn't check that with me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can come. Okay. If, okay. if you got uh, David, if you come along, will you wear the same T-shirt? Will you actually call each other this time? Yes, and but a see different T-shirt. Yeah. 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 That's right. Actually, I would like to just chance it and see if we do it again. <laughs> we just agree weird. to wear a T-shirt, and then <laughs> right. if we show up, then we have something. Yeah. 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 We should all get shirts made Bros like a for team life. from a, like a bowling league. Yeah. We can go out together. That'd be yeah. Yeah. You know, I have I have camp on the page T-shirts. Oh. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, You're nice to me. I think this problem just solved itself. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Well, I'm going to wrap it up. I want to make sure that um, everybody out there can uh, go to all of your websites and see what you're doing and everything. So, so which first? What should they look at first? 
the our YouTube, YouTube page channel. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the address is youtube.com slash ninja sex party. But if you just put ninja sex party into the search engine of YouTube, you'll a ton of videos will come up. If your wife comes along, maybe explain. Interesting yeah, thing sure. about the search box in YouTube, as we learned, is that it will never autofill the word sex. So if you type ninja and then s, it will never kind of figure out that it's Ninja Sex Party. You actually have to type out Ninja Sex Party huh. because I think it doesn't want people searching for sex. And yeah. it, it wants you to work for that. Yeah. A little yeah. Bit. yeah. If you can't spell it, you don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <Right>. true. <laughs> uh, and then what I guess our, our Facebook page is the other big thing sure. that, that we do. Uh, so we're on Facebook. And, and that's a lot of we're basically interacting with the fans and writing all sorts of jokes on there uh, yeah. every day. And that's just Facebook.com Ninja Sex Party slash Ninja Sex Party. Sorry. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, the DJs and PJs is on Mondo Media. People can find it there. Mondo Media, and they can also see you down doing doing your, oh, your stuff yeah, my outside called, of DJs uh, P- and PJs. Yeah, my show is called Dirty Shorts, and it's uh, it's, it's, it's very mature classy, intellectual humor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a little it's a little brainy, but people people might get into it. What was the name of that one episode? Poo Poo Dinkle Fart. Uh, I believe it was Poo Poo Stinkum's Dirty Fart Butt. That's right. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna find this all. Much less funny when you actually have children. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably yeah. right. You're gonna be like, really? Are you talking about poop again? Because I'm not yeah. amused. The amazing <laughs> thing is that, like, that that is, I'm, I'm 33 now, and like, I have uh, a little nephew, and he just said the word poop uh, for the first time, and I was like, <laughs> 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 so it just never never leaves you. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, uh, Battleship Pretension. Yes, uh, weekly movie discussion podcast at, uh, at Battleship Pretension, which you can find at, uh, in iTunes or at battleshippretension.com, which also has uh, pretty regularly updated movie reviews, theatrical and home video. Excellent. And then, oh, yeah, TV discussion, weekly TV wrap-up at uh, previously on is the podcast that's at previouslyonshow.com. Just when David says things, it sounds important, isn't it? It really it's does. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I should also add that if anyone wants to see my physics research papers. Okay, so we're, we're going to move on. Um, move on to, to plugging on the page. Um, everybody, uh, you know, we've, we've uh, Camp on the Page has started, and uh, every Sunday we have a different teacher here talking about a different thing. So um, I talked about pitching. The last week we had uh, Nicole Simmons on short film writing. This week, you guys are going to miss it because by the time this comes out, it's done. It's done. But it's a half hour writing with Laura House and uh, Chad Gervich. And then I think you will be in time to sign up for improv for writers okay. and story brainstorming. So you heard it from cool. these guys. This is important stuff. And that's with the Skellies, David and Jennifer Skelly. They've been on the show many times and they're really good. They'll help unblock whatever by having you improv. It's good stuff. And then we have reality and documentary writing. We have the business. We can talk about all the ins and outs of show. And then uh, and then finally, comedy writing with Steve Kaplan. These, these, uh, these classes are only 65 bucks. You come in on a Sunday, it's from one to four, and you will leave having learned something, which is pretty good. Um, also, get ready for September because that's when the first draft class is happening here again, six weeks with me. So uh, go to onthepage.tv and check out all of these things. And, uh, you know, uh, make some music, write a little, and live your dreams. Live your yeah. dreams. <laughs> go to all these websites, have a good time, and have a good writing week. Bye. Thanks, everybody.